Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of A Sip of Coffee. It's a place where we talk about faith, family, fitness, and finance. My name is David. And I'm Priscilla. And and we we are are the the Coffees. Coffees. Listen, today's episode is going to be absolutely amazing. I hope you're ready. Oh yeah, but before we get into the episode, I need you to do three things for me. Right after the episode, I need you to go and visit wearethecoffees.com. Got it? That's wearethecoffees.com. You gotta check out the website. You're gonna love it. It's full of inspiration, encouragement, education, and empowerment. I'm telling you, it was designed specifically for you. Number two, I need for you to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you're listening to it, go ahead and subscribe. And number three is give us a great review. All right. With that being said, let's get to it. Let's go. Hey, everybody, like we said, we have another fantastic episode for you today. I am excited about this episode. Listen, it's going to be amazing. As always, you know how we do, you know, I always have a good time and uh, give you some great content. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, finances and more specific credit. So, of course, if you listen to the podcast often, you know that we talk about faith, family, fitness and finance. Today, we're talking about finance and more specific. We're talking about your credit and your credit scores. But as always, we like to start you off with a great and quality quote. Okay, so money and credit are terrible masters, but they're excellent servants. P.T. Barnum. Mm, I'm going to read it again. Read it one more time. Money and credit are terrible masters, but they are excellent servants. You know, I love that because uh, one of the things that we don't realize is that money in and of itself is not bad. Right. right? Credit in and of itself is not bad. True. It's how we use it. And if it's using us, it's a master and it's a terrible master. Like if you're being used by money. It's a terrible matter. You're being used by your credit. It's a terrible master. If it's running your life, it's being a terrible master. Mm. Uh, But if you are uh, managing it and handling it appropriately, then you're the master and you are doing what you're supposed to do. You know, ultimately, you know, us as believers, we know that everything that we have comes from God. And so our responsibility is to manage it well, because ultimately it belongs to God and we're supposed to be good stewards over it. So whenever it's being a steward over us, that's when we have a problem. That's right. You know what I mean? That's good. That's good. A steward over us. It's a really great topic because there's so many people who really have a difficult time um, with finances, with managing it, with knowing, you know, what to do mm-hmm. with, you know, our finances, what to do with credit and credit yeah. scores and just how to manage money, period. It's it's pretty, it's, it's a good topic. And I think a lot of people are going to be helped by this. Yeah, I'm excited about it because I believe that there's a lot of people who they really do work hard. They work hard. Oh yeah. Uh, but a lot of people who work hard are lacking financial intelligence. And whenever you don't have that, you end up, you know, the money that you make, you use it the wrong way. You don't establish good credit. You don't do those sorts of things that really could, I mean, not only help you in the present, but benefit you tremendously in the future. 
And so I want to start off our conversation today kind of talking about like our relationship with credit, Mm -hmm. our relationship with credit scores, our our kind of not just present day, but our history. You know, Mm -hmm. so what was your life like? as it pertains to credit or like growing up and even into your adulthood. Tell me a little bit about it. So, um, growing up, I don't know that I knew much about credit at all. Um, um, as a young adult, I didn't really care about credit. Okay. My mind thought, because I mean, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't come from a lot of money. Um, so we just kind of, we did what we needed to do to get by. You know, we worked and, you know, and um, some of our, you know, we were on uh, public aid and mm-hmm. different things like that. Come from a family of eight children wow. yeah. um, and a single parent. And so uh, there was not the talk of credit, really. Um, and there was not... Because we did what we needed to do to yeah. to flow and to make it in our house. Yeah. And so um, in school, they taught some things about like the stock market and, uh, you know, NASDAQ and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in high school and, you know, I tried to grab a hold of that, but it really meant nothing to right, me. Right. And I remember um, as a young adult having a mindset of... Um, I mean, credit, it doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't have much money. Uh, if they come after me, they're not going to get anything. <laughs> like, it, big deal. That's how yeah, I, that's, that's how you really thought, yeah. how I thought about it. And, you know, people listening might be like, whoa, that's kind of bad. But it's, it's really what it was. It's really what it was for me, my mindset, uh, the way that I perceived credit is like, I was like, I don't. I don't have nothing, so they can't take nothing if I don't have anything. And so um, it wasn't until, like, as we grew together in life and Mm -hmm. in marriage that I began to care more about about credit because I began to see how it affects you. Yes. It affects your life and the things that uh, you try to obtain, um, your if you're trying to buy a house or even if it, it affects you even with, with the bills that you have like car insurance, insurance yeah. and yeah, car insurance really. So, um, as a, as the years have gone by, I really saw how much a, a low credit score or no credit, um, affects your life because, you are charged so much more yes. than a person with good credit if you have no credit or low a low credit score. Right, right. And I'm like, what in the world? It's it's really really crazy because it's it's a big difference mm-hmm. in the amount of money that you're charged. You're able to save so much money. Yes. If you have a a good credit score and. That doesn't mean having a good credit score doesn't mean that you have a lot of money. It just really means that you understand how to uh, leverage what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it means that you understand how to uh, pay your bills on time and things shows you're like responsible. That. It, it shows that you're financially responsible, and um, it gets you 
far. So I've learned that over the years, uh, but I, I did not always have that relationship or mindset. And, um, when we grew together and got it, like, Ooh, you went to work on our credit. So I'll let you, cause I want to know what your relationship was with, uh, with credit from childhood on up. Well, I'm, I'm similar to you in that I didn't really give it much thought. You know, you hear, you hear credit, credit report, you hear credit score, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I really didn't understand it or even, um, have a deep level of interest in it at all. Right. Uh, and, and honestly, my, it, my mom taught us to work hard. She mm-hmm. taught us to save. Mm-hmm. Uh, she taught us basic financial stuff, but it was more so about working hard, making a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Work overtime and stuff like that. Um, but really didn't understand. Again, I didn't really have a lot of financial intelligence and a lot of it. Um, it wasn't that it was taught to me wrong. It just wasn't necessarily taught. And I think it was, to be honest with you, this may sound really hard, but I think a lot of it had to do with um, a lack of that financial intelligence being passed down from generations, right? Mm. Where they were always taught, like in our family, work really hard, like work, get as much money as you possibly can. But it wasn't that our older generations didn't have it. A lot of them had it for their time. But during the transition of generations, yeah. times change. Yeah. There was a time where credit didn't really mean that much. It was more so about your um, your character. The three C's is what they call it. You know, your character. And and it was re- those things were important. That's, that's kind of what I did. It, it mattered. Like, your, well, I'm not going to let you pass by that. What are the three C's? I couldn't remember all the three oh. C's, so I tried to <laughs> scoop past it real quick. Because they used to do that all the time. I think it was uh, character, credit, and... Um, I forgot what thirsty was, but that was always, um, you know, basically, you know, they wanted to, to, you wanted to have that down. And so things started to change a little bit, um, because there was a time where cash was King, you know, cash isn't necessarily King anymore. People still say it, but it's not credit is more so King now because you can have a lot of money and they'll still charge you more for your insurance because you have bad credit or you can have a lot of money. And you, if you have bad credit, the apartment or the place you're trying to get into, um, they're going to charge you more or or deny you, even though if you have the cash. It's true. And so, um, the thing is, you know, and it was a good, uh, you know, years ago, that was a good thing where, you know, you got to must as much cash. Matter of fact, they didn't even do mortgages years ago. It was, you buy, if you got the money, you buy a house. If you don't, you work to get the house and that was it. And I thought that was great, but yeah. things have changed. The the housing prices have gone up. And so if you're trying to buy a house for $150,000, you got to be able to save up to get $150,000 before you buy it or $200,000. Things have changed. And so, um, you, you, there are times where you do have to borrow, right? Um, and we'll get into it a little bit later, how that can actually be a huge benefit for you as well. Uh, some people disagree with that. They don't like the concept of, you know, leveraging money and using other people's money. But it's mm-hmm. really a tremendous benefit if you do it correctly, if, you, if you're disciplined. And so kind of back to me a little bit. Honestly, my introduction to credit scores, credit reports and all of that, it was more of a negative experience because my first introduction, I didn't pay a bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think it was like a cell phone bill. Or some or old no, it was a phone bill, old phone bill, uh-huh. and a collection company called me. I got a letter or something, and I'm like, "What is this? Uh-huh. Like, no, nah, I don't know who you are, or I don't know what's going on." It's like, "Yeah, did you have this phone number, or whatever?" And I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Well, you owe this bill," and then they were like, "You know, there's this much charged on it," and I'm like, "I didn't have no bill that big," wow. and you know, it was like. 
I'm like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, it's going to be your credit report. And I remember the first time looking at my credit report and seeing that on there. And really from that point on, I could have began to establish, begin to establish something great on my report, mm-hmm. but I really didn't. I didn't take it serious. And so throughout the course of my younger years, especially, um, there were all types of collections and stuff on my account and things that I didn't pay, you know, and when we got married and even into our marriage, um, we really had to grow and learn in this, in this oh, thing yeah. called credit and become more responsible yeah. and to make sure that we did a good thing. And so it was, crazy. You know, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the thing. I want to say this to anybody who's listening, you know, don't get discouraged, you know, um, Cause I know how it can be where you feel like you're older and you're like, man, I should have figured this out when I was 18 or what if yeah. I had got this when I was 26 or if I had got it when I was 35, you know, Hey, listen, you can't go back in time. So you might as well start now, you know, yeah. and really begin to establish good credit so that you can leverage it to do better in life financially. Uh, and there's so many ways that that can be done. Did you have anything else you want to, you want to add to it before we kind of get to our next area? Cause I'm loving this topic. No, I'm just really excited to, to just delve into it because, uh, the things that we've learned on our journey, that's the big thing. It's exciting that we're going to get to share some things that we've learned along the journey of, um, like repairing our credit and things mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. you, 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 uh, I'm just so amazed at um, how much you understand about it and all of the amazing things that you've done with our oh, credit. So Listen, she loving on me, y'all. <laughs> he has done such amazing work with our credit. So I'm really glad that this is our topic today because I know that some things are going to be shared that's going to be so helpful to whoever is listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You just loving on me real good. Oh, this is good. <laughs> well, we want to share um, just some tips and just a basic breakdown about credit and uh, your credit score and stuff like that. Yeah. And I want to be clear about something to those who are listening. This is not an all-inclusive class, so we're not going to cover everything. We're just going to cover a few things to really just help you get started, but also help give you a basic understanding of what we mean when we talk about credit scores and credit and things like that, you know? Right. Um, so let's start off with uh, with number one. So understand and master the credit score pie. Okay, so when I say the credit score pie, what I'm talking about is it's pretty much the percentages that make up your credit score. Okay. So your credit score, uh, it's range. It's, it, the system has changed over the years. That's what makes it very difficult sometimes with credit scores. Uh, but it could range from 350 all the way to 850. And so um, there are some people who have as low, you know, as a 420. And there's some people who have an 807 credit score. Obviously, the higher, the better. Right. Um, but when I talk about the credit score pie, I'm talking about the breakdown, almost like just like on a pie chart where you have percentages of what make up 100 percent. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what makes up your credit score and determines whether it's going to be low or whether it's going to be high or whether it's just going to be average. Right. Okay. And so um, here's the breakdown of it. Well, before I say that, I want to say this because some people are like, well, where do I even get my credit score? How do I even like, like how do I know where to look and stuff like that? Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit later too, but I didn't, I don't, I want, I don't want to miss this point. Should I say, um, you want to, you want to pay attention to your credit score because there could be things on there, uh, that you didn't put there or things mm-hmm. that are not yours at all. And so that's why it's important, but your credit report and your credit scores are going to show up on, uh, three different credit bureaus. And there's other bureaus out there as well. Uh, but the three primary credit bureaus are Experion, 
Equifax and TransUnion. That's okay. where your bank is going to look uh, besides their internal bank score. They're also going to look at those three credit reports. And that's pretty much what you're going to focus on and what you want to get right. Because when those are right, everything else is pretty much gold, okay. you know? Well, what's, um, I'm just going to interject a little question. Oh, no, go ahead. So um, how do you get to those? Uh, credit scores to see them and to check them. Yeah. So there are several sites where you can pay and just get your, what is called your FICO score, right? You can uh, pay to get those, but you can also get what is called advantage score. That is very similar to your credit score. And you can get those on free sites uh, like creditkarma.com or creditsesame.com. And so it's, those sites I like better because it's not costing you every month to be able to look at it. And it still gives you uh, what's on your credit and it gives you an idea of what your score is. But if you need to know exactly what your score is, the best place honestly to go is to go directly to FICO to, to your FICO score.com and to look at it. And if you want to know exactly what's on your credit report at this particular time, the most accurate as possible uh, is, is most likely to go to annual credit report.com uh, legally. They're required to give you, a full credit report from every bureau, uh, from each bureau, from TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax, at least once a year for free. That's yeah. that's every American gets that for free, no matter what, right? So you can get that report. But the reason why I like Credit Karma and I like Credit Sesame is because they give you up to date credit reports. Now they use something that is called a Vantage Score that is not identical to the FICO score, but it's very very close, and it still gives you an idea as to where your score is. But it also helps you with what we're talking about now, which is the credit score of a uh, pie that I was talking about, okay. that pie, which is critical. So I hope I answered your question because I kind of went did. all over the place. You did. You did. Thank okay. you. Good, good. So let's break down this pie really quick. Right. Okay. Um, and I'll let you read these and I can break down each part. So um, in the pie, you have 35 percent of your payment history. Okay. So remember the pie is a, if it's a hundred percent pie, 35 percent of the pie mm -hmm. is going to be your payment history. And that is important. Oh my goodness. That's important. You don't want to have a late payment at all. And the late payments that report could be something from an old account that reports and ends up being collections, which mm -hmm. is horrible, of course, mm -hmm. or it could be your student loans. Mm -hmm. It could be a credit card payment. It could be whatever's reporting. If they report something as late, it is a horrible ding on your credit and it stays on there um, unless it's removed some way. Right. Or uh, over a period of seven years. And a lot of times it's earlier than that. Uh, but you don't want to even take that chance. You know, again, again, there's a lot of ways to get a lot of those lates removed on a lot of accounts. But the hardest ones are student loan late. So you never want to do that. So basically, you want to make sure that you always pay on time, even if you have an account that is older. And it's showing that, you know, after a while it may be removed or you're planning on getting it removed. Mm -hmm. Just make payments to make sure that you're not that nothing on your report ever shows late. Okay. Now, to be clear, over a period of time, those lates mean less as as time goes on. The newer lates are is what hurts the worst. But honestly, you don't want to have any lates on there because it counts 35 percent of your credit score pie. You don't want to have any lates. It really impacts you uh, drastically and really, it really affects you. It's the highest percentage because ba basically chunk. what they're saying is we want to, we want to know, are you responsible enough to make sure that you are paying the correct payment on time? Wow. Like that's important. So when car, a car loan mortgage, um, 
whatever you're applying for to get more credit for whatever reason, or mm-hmm. if you're getting into an apartment or whatever, that's why that the credit score pie is set up that way because it's showing that you are a responsible person that we're going to believe that you're going to pay us on time. Got it. Right. So that's why that 35% is really important. Okay. And so the next thing is 30% of debt and credit utilization. So basically, so 35% remember is Mm -hmm. the um, payment history, payment history. And 30% is the debt and credit utilization. So basically it's how much you actually owe. And it's also how much you owe based upon how much you have. Right. Okay. So, what, so basically, so like the debt in general would be how much you owe. So that mm-hmm. would be student loans. That would be an auto loan. That would be, and those, those are, um, what are called installment loans, Okay. student loans and uh, car loans and personal loans. Those are installment loans. That means that they gave you the money, right? Mm-hmm. You have to pay them back and that's it. That's the arrangement. They gave you all the money up front. You have to pay them back. So they gave you all the money to buy the car. You have to pay them back. Right. Okay. But the other type is what is called a revolving loan or revolving credit. And that means that you you borrow the money, you pay it back, you get to use it again. You borrow oh. the money, you pay it back, you get to use it again. Like a credit card. Like a credit card. Okay. Credit cards will be revolving credit. It's like you, 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 you use it, you pay for it, you get to use it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what's important is, is that that 30 percent is connected to both of those where, okay, you have an amount of, as you pay down your debt, your credit score increases as well. Right. Mm. But what really helps is when you have a low credit utilization percentage and you want to make sure now, now industry standards says 30 to 35% to be under that. Right. I recommend that you're under 20%, like Mm. to be, to be under 20%. Honestly, if you're down to 1%, that's even better. Right. And that basically means that you have, let's say, a credit card that has a credit limit of uh, $1,000, right? Um, but you're only using uh, $100 of it, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that you're at 10% utilization, right? Okay. That is wonderful. That is great. And the numbers work the same no matter how much credit you have. So if it's 10000 and you want to stay at 10%, that would be 1000 that you would only be using, right? If you keep that number low, every month your score will begin to go up. Wow. It's pretty good. good. It's pretty good. That's good. Okay. The next thing is 15% of the length of credit history. Okay. So your credit history is important. That's why you have people who, when they've had credit for years and years and years, they have the ridiculous 840 credit scores because they've done all these things and they've had a credit card since 1999 or something, right? Or 1985 Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, wow, their credit history is just amazing. The length of it, right? right? So they've made their payments on time. They have good credit utilization and they've had it for a really long time. This is why I recommend that unless you really have to, unless it's just a horrible deal that you don't close down credit cards necessarily. It's better to, you know, and let, let me, let me correct that. If you have a problem and you can't stop using it, just get rid of it. Right. Get rid, right. Like meaning that if you're so undisciplined that it's, it's being detrimental to you, your family, and you just can't help yourself, just get rid of it. And then, you know, get back to it later. But if, if you have the discipline to be able to pay it down um, instead of just being emotional and just closing it out, um, just go ahead and be disciplined and pay it down because that will help you better in the long run. Because instead of closing that car, every time you close a car, uh, your length actually reduces because now 
that takes away from your history as long as you had it. So if you close down the card, then it looks like you have you've only been in the credit game a little while when really you've been in there a long time. But it doesn't show because you closed the card down. So, again, if you're not a responsible person, if you're very undisciplined and you're not at that place yet and you just can't help yourself, you may need to go ahead and get rid of the card. But if you can help it, keep the card because um, that helps with your credit length and, you know, how long you've had credit, uh, you know, in your life. That's good because, you know, that's already what? Three, six, seven, 80 percent. The first those first uh, few things are 80 percent of the pie. Yes, that's that's a lot. OK, so the next thing is 10 percent of the pie and that's credit mix. Yeah. So the credit mix is basically a versatile report. So you have um a home loan on there. You have a car loan on there. You have credit cards on there. You have personal loan on there. It's basically a good mix. So you're going to have a good credit score if you have just a credit card on there, right? right? That's perfectly fine. Like you don't have to, let me be very clear. I'm not telling you to go out and get debt just to prove that you have a good credit mix. If you don't need to borrow, then don't borrow if you don't have to. Um, so it's important to have a good credit mix though, because uh-huh. what it does is it increases your score and it shows that you're responsible with multiple things and not just one thing. Got but it. let me be very clear. You can have a fantastic score with a, a, a good credit card paying on time, good credit utilization, and you've had it for a while. That's going to get you a lot of places as well in the credit game. But the credit mix helps you even more because it shows that you're responsible with a variety of things uh, and it gives you opportunities. That's why when you get to see those commercials and they're like, come on in, zero percent interest for this car yeah. for like a year or something crazy like that. Yeah. And then you get there and they're like, ah, you don't qualify. It's because even if your credit is good, you may not have a good credit mix. Oh. But the people who get those deals are the people who have a great score and they have a good credit mix. That's good. That's good. Okay, then um, the last 10% of the credit pie is new credit and credit inquiries. Mm, there we go. So uh, the new credit is basically um, a new getting a new card is it's like it's almost like I almost want to say it's almost neutral. Even though I said it says 10 percent there mm-hmm. it's because it helps you and it hurts you, but it helps you more in the long run. Because okay. a lot of times that inquiry and that new credit popping up, a lot of times it'll ding you a couple points, you know, not much. Mm-hmm. It's a really small amount. But then the next month, it really helps you because you have a greater amount of um, credit available to oh. you. And it helps with your credit utilization. Right. Mm-hmm. But that initial inquiry, you know, kind of can ding you a little bit, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's why I believe it's important to really work with a lot of reputable companies when you're getting ready to borrow, because a lot of times uh, they will put you in a position to where you can see if you're already pre-qualified. Mm-hmm. That way you don't waste your time and, and have a ding on your credit unnecessarily. You know, and so if you can avoid a whole bunch of inquiries, that is really, really key. Um, and sometimes and let me say this. There's a lot of businesses that actually make money off of our impatience. <laughs> You know, <laughs> because <do. laughs> we, we want to get something so bad or we want to do something so bad that we don't wait for our credit to improve a little bit. And it all ends up costing us more in the long run because we just got to have it right now. And the truth is they make money off of that because they're like, well, yeah, we'll give it to you. Basically, for a small fee, we'll set you free. You right, know, type of right. deal. So they basically <laughs> make money off of our impatience when in reality, if we'd be willing to suffer a little bit in the present, it would actually help us down the road, you know. And so that's why it's really important that. 
in the credit game that you work on your credit, but you're patient before you start going out and applying for a whole bunch of stuff. Because mm-hmm. when you wait and you put yourself in a better position, you end up calling the shots instead mm-hmm. of them. You know, that's so good. That's so good. And I think you said something really, really key when you begin to talk about impatience, because that's how a lot of us get got. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We want the thing and we want it now yep. instead of saving up for it, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, in, you know, it's, it's, it's like you have so many people just even when I was younger and we want to go back to talking about that young adult. When you get all of these um, things in the mail that, you know, are <laughs> offering you credit and you have no credit management skills, but it's like, oh, free money? Free? And it's really okay. not free, right. Yeah, right. I mean, you got to pay this back. So, I mean, the idea is that you have the you have the money for it, but then you, you use the credit in order to gain good credit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that you have, so that you, you can pay it back. Right. You know, so um, I think just having that patience to 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 wait a minute. Yep. You know, to yep. wait a minute helps a lot. It does. It, it helps really does. so much. It really does. All right. What's another tip? What, what what can we do to help help everybody out? Well, um, you talked about um, you talked about the free credit sites. If you could mention those again, just to make sure that people have those. Yeah. So two of my favorites are uh, CreditKarma.com mm-hmm. and CreditSesame.com. I've used those for myself and to help um, our kids as well to be able to look at their credit, to be able to see where they are. Um, Because here's the thing, when you're starting to work on your credit, there's no reason to pay all of this money every month to these large businesses for them to to do the same thing a lot of the free sites do. And again, there's some places that when you get ready to really take a deep, deep look, you may have to pay a little bit. But when you're starting off, especially you want to make sure just use a free site like creditkarma.com or creditsesame.com. Okay. And those will make those will get you what you need, right? Yeah. And also, if you want your full credit report, um, just just in document form where you could just print it on a PDF or mm-hmm. just have it sent to your email and stuff like that or download it to your computer annualcreditreport.com you get get your free TransUnion free Equifax and free Experion credit report once a year for free as well that's perfect okay well let's talk about establishing establishing credit establishing credit yes let's talk about it um oh go ahead go ahead now I was gonna say okay the first um point is to request to be added as an authorized user that's a secret that people don't be knowing (laughs) about now that's a good one so Here's the deal. Um, currently, right now in 2020, because I, I want to make this point before I, before I get into the details about that. Currently, mm-hmm. right now in 2020, uh, the FICO scores are changing because there's like there's like every every couple years there's a change in the way that the FICO score is calculated. Because like, mm-hmm. there's FICO 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah. FICO 9, there's a come, FICO 10 coming what? out, all of this stuff, right? What? And when you get to those changes, then what worked really well in one year mm-hmm. is not going to work the same in a new year, right? Okay. So the way that credit worked... Um, in 1999 is not the way that credit works uh, in t- work today or what it, how it was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, it still comes down to the basic pay your bills on time and pay off your debt. Like that's the basics of it. Mm-hmm. But there's ways that um, you can benefit more in certain um, 
you know, certain levels with the FICO score that you you can now that you couldn't then or that you could then that you can't now. So I wanted to okay. make that clear. Okay. So I'm not sure that when somebody's listening to this episode, but as of right now, here's some of the things, you know, we wanted to talk about. Um, so back to what you said originally, you talked about the uh, having yourself added as an authorized user. Yeah. Right? What I mean by that is I'm not asking you to get on someone else's credit report or anything like that. Right. What we're saying is, is to, I'll give you an example for ourselves. Um, there are cards that you were approved for, right? Right. A, approved for, let's say a discover card, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, we weren't approved for it together. You right. were just approved for it. Exactly. So I added myself on as an authorized user mm-hmm. and that reported to my credit report. Nice. So it gave me credit, even though I wasn't the primary on it. Right. Got it. Um, as the FICO scores are changing, they're not giving as much credit for that as they used to, okay. but they still do give credit for it. And it still helps you because it shows that you have some type of credit. Here's the thing about being added as an authorized user. When they accept that and that reports to your credit report, mm-hmm. you get their credit history too. Not mm-hmm. all of it, but their credit history on that card. Yeah. So let's say that card has been open for 10 years and it's been paid on time for 10 years and it has great credit utilization. Then you get credit for that as if it was you. Nice. Right? And I want to be very clear. This is not this. You know, you wouldn't be giving your um, it, it wouldn't affect the person um, who is on the account. So. Uh, you adding me as an authorized user, as we did for that discover Mm -hmm. card, that doesn't impact your credit report at all. Right. Right. It impacts my credit report. So I wanted to say that. So basically this is obviously something that you can really, you know, it's really only reasonable to do with somebody that, you know, trust that knows you and trust you as well. There's companies out there that actually do this for people where they add people onto their account and it helps them to increase their credit. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about connecting with someone that, you know, explaining the process and being added on. And obviously you don't want to be added on to someone who has bad credit history right. or a bad you know, credit card history because it's going to impact your credit negatively. Right. Um, and so, again, I want to be very clear. This is not co-signing. It's nothing like that. This is completely different. It's just being added on as an authorized user. And again, the rules about this are changing. But as of now, it's still an effective way to uh, get some credit established, because if you have nothing, then this would be at least a help in some way. This is good because this is something that we were able to to do for um, our children. Yeah, absolutely. You know, where they could start off mm-hmm. with some good credit. Yep. So, I mean, this is awesome. I remember when you started off doing that and I was like, dog, I wish. Wish somebody had done it for me, yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't have made a difference because my mind wasn't right yet. But you know what I mean? Right, Just to have that um, as a start is awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so open a $200 secured credit card. Yeah, so another way to establish some credit is to, you know, get a secured credit card. Because if you have no credit at all, it's very difficult to just go somewhere, go to a bank or go online and just open up a a credit card with a high limit or something because you have no credit. They have nothing to, to check to see how you're doing. And so a lot of times, you know, like Capital One, or discover discover it and capital one are two of my favorites the capital one platinum is a great because it's a great card because there's no annual fee with Mm -hmm. it uh discover never has any annual fees on any of their cards i love those particular cards um because you're not wasting any money so basically with the secure card you're basically instead of them just giving you a credit line of 500 dollars you're actually creating the credit line. So you don't have to put a large one up. Uh, most of them, uh, like the the Capital One, you got to do 150 to 300 or something like that. You can mm-hmm. 
more, but it's got to be in that range initially. Um, and then the discover it, I believe you have to start off at 300. Um, and again, there's other uh, secure cards too, but you never, for the most part, if you can help it, don't do a secure card that has an annual fee unless they are going to allow you after the first year to convert it to a secure card. Um, and then that secure card not have an annual fee. Um, but basically you start off with the secure card so that you can um, establish the credit. So let's say, for example, you want to do a $200 credit limit. Mm -hmm. You give them $200 mm -hmm. and then your credit limit is 200. Okay. They keep that $200 secure and safe for you for a year. And some, some programs are, are 15 months, but you do it for a year. You pay it on time. You use it. You can only, you, if you want to, you could buy a stick of gum every month, you know, right. or something like that, but you use it, you pay it back. Never Ever, if you can help it, don't let a balance stay on there because you don't want to pay any interest at all. Right. So the interest really shouldn't matter because you shouldn't be leaving the um, the balance on there anyway um, so that you can be charged interest. But, you know, you buy a stick of gum, wait a little bit, pay it off and just use it and then go on about your business. Then eventually what happens is they say to you, hey, listen, we want to send you your money back. You did great with the card. Here's your two hundred dollar back. But we want to offer you a secure card. I'm scared. I mean, sorry, an unsecured card. Thank mm -hmm, you. Yeah. We want to offer you an unsecured card. And as a matter of fact, we want to offer you an unsecured card with a higher limit than what you nice. had before. Um, and so then you get your money back. So nothing's lost there. And you now have established credit. And now you're in a position to really expand uh, what you want to do with your credit because now your credit is good. Um, you've paid on time. You've shown that you're responsible. Yeah. And now instead of you looking for them, now they're looking for you. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so another way to establish credit is to use Experion's monthly bill boost system. Yeah, Experion is Boost is amazing. I've been calling for this for years. It's been around now for, I think, a couple years. But I have been calling for this from the moment I learned about credit. Because when I discovered when I pay my electric bill, I don't get credit for that. I was upset. I was like, wait a minute. So if I don't do well and I don't pay this bill from years ago, it goes to collections. I get harmed for that. But if I do pay it, I don't get credit for it. I used to get so upset about that. And so finally, Experion was like, you know what? We got you. You know, mm. basically, it's a system that you connect your bank account to it. And when you connect your bank account, they actually give you credit for paying your monthly bills. So basically, you're showing yourself to be responsible. I think this is perfect for people who don't really want to use credit cards. There are some people who don't want to use credit cards, but they want to say, hey, listen, I use my debit card. I want to get credit for paying my rent on time, paying my electric bill on time, yeah. paying, you know, paying my water bill on time. I want credit for that. And Experion Boost does that. It's great. I mean, it really is awesome. We use it. It's, it's really helped our credit scores for sure. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Another way to increase your credit is ask your landlord to receive electronic payments for a rent tracking company because they report. Right. So this is a great way to establish or increase your credit score. And listen, the rent, you can use rent. There's rent track.com. There's a couple other places. There's several other places now because it's becoming more popular. Yeah. But basically it's a company that um, reports that you pay your rent on time and that's it. And so a lot of um, apartment buildings and complexes, they use it a lot. Um, but um, we were at a place um, in, uh, in Mankato when we were in Minnesota. 
uh, the company used it there too. And we were in a town home and it's really a great process because you're paying your rent every month anyway. Right. And instead of you just paying uh, with a check or paying with the money order, you just pay through your checking account through their system. Right. And you use your debit card or your checking account and it reports monthly to your credit report. And on your report, it says exceptional or excellent on one of your uh, reports, whether it's TransUnion, Experian, or Equifax. It all depends on which company they use, uh, because a lot of times they don't report on all three bureaus, mm-hmm. which I don't like. But that's what the system is right now. But basically, it's awesome because you get credit for doing what you were going to do anyway. Way. Hmm. You know, so it's pretty cool. That is awesome. All right, so now let's talk about improving or restoring your credit score. This is fun for me because there's some people who are like, well, listen, coffees, I don't need to establish credit. I need to make my credit better. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, some of the same rules apply as it pertains to improving or restoring. It's some mm-hmm. of the same rules, right? Okay. Um, go ahead. Let's talk about it. All right. So get all negative items deleted from your credit report. Several different ways that this can happen. It can either happen over a period of time, meaning it's been on there so long, it's just got to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that It can happen that way, or it can happen with you being proactive. You writing a letter to request that it be removed with you proving that you've already paid it off mm-hmm. or proving that it's not yours. Um, you, can, you can do this online or doing a physical letter. Now, here's what's important. Um, if you do it online, you run the risk of the computer system reading it um, in a way that you don't want it to be read and it being kind of a overlooked, should I say, because mm-hmm. it's not looked at by a person. It's looked at by a system. Right. When you do a physical letter a long time ago, the physical letter is was the key, like print it. But now they even have a system that reads your physical letters. And so honestly, if it's a really important uh uh, item on your report that you need to get deleted and it's really important it's almost better to do a written letter because the computer system that they have internally can't read that the way that it can read it ele- electronically or in print mm. and so you can do it i do a lot of the online um you know requesting for it to be deleted i do that as well and it's worked uh for me but i've also run into challenges because uh a lot of times the system or the computer reads it in a way that i don't want it to be read and so basically what you're doing to get it deleted is you're saying this doesn't belong to me, delete it. Or there's something inaccurate about this, delete it. Or I was never late on this day, delete it. You're basically saying something's wrong with this. I need this deleted. In some cases, it's just a minor inaccuracy. In other cases, it's because you paid it a long time ago or you got it settled, you know? Um, you know, if you can pay something in full and, and, and stay on top of stuff so that it's never late, that's the best way to go. Cause then it, it won't even be there in the first place or it'll get deleted when it does get on there. But if you don't have the funds and you need to get rid of a collection account or old account, yeah. definitely go ahead and do the settlement. There are many credit experts who say don't do the settlement, but I say do the settlement, especially if it's going to be deleted anyway, you that's know? Good. So that's, that's, that's my flow. That's my opinion about it. You know, the settlement. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I want to ask a question about the settlement. Go ahead. You can ask real quick. Yeah. So, like, tell, tell us a little bit more about doing the settlement. Yeah. So, the the one thing that I love about a settlement. So, first of all, my settlement experience came from the fact that I used to work at a collection company, right? I learned so much about how to do a settlement properly because I worked and I understood the laws of collections, right? 
I would encourage people to do their own investigation to find out what their rights are as a consumer to really learn about the Fair Credit Act and stuff like that to know what your rights are as a consumer. There's so many rights that you have that you don't even know that you have and they don't tell you on the phone because they want to get your money, right? Right. Um, so you, you want to make sure that you learn and investigate and really educate yourself in this particular area. But on the basic side of it, just a, just a very elementary part of a settlement, you're basically saying, I would like to pay less than the full amount of what I, of what is owed. So mm-hmm. if the bill is 1000, I would like to pay $500, right? Mm-hmm. That's just one example. And obviously the goal is to get as low as possible. Right. You want to get as low as possible. And then basically in that process request that they also delete it from your credit report request that you get a letter from them saying that they're going to remove it from your credit report or request that um, it's going to be reported in a certain amount of time. Make sure you keep good records on your email as well as if you can get a physical copy, great, but it really is not as important as it used to be to get a physical copy because you can print out stuff yourself. Uh, but, but that's really it. You get the settlement and then you prove that you have paid it off. You were, you make sure that you, if you're, if it's not updated on your credit report, then you make sure it's updated on your credit report by sending in your receipts as well as proof that it's been paid. Nice. Nice. Woo. We got some stuff that we could do that we could use. <laughs> All right. So, um, I, I guess so excited about the settlement. I lost my place. All right. So it says to pay down debt. Yeah, so that's pretty much a simple one. You know, when you're looking to increase or restore your credit, just paying down your debt. And sometimes it's just, you know, like, so for example, if you have um, a loan that you pay on and every month you pay a particular amount, you know, if you are in a position to do so, or if you, you know, you want to work towards it by making more money, start to make extra payment towards it because that actually helps your credit score as well by paying down your current debt. That's good. That That's probably the, the debt uh, to credit ratio that affects that as well. Yeah, the right? credit utilization. When you start paying yeah. that down, that debt to credit, absolutely. You start paying it down, then all of a sudden, on all of your revolving accounts, mm-hmm. it shows that that percentage drops and now it shows that you are a, uh, you're not a, a credit risk anymore. Now you are someone that they want to give credit to because it shows that your utilization is down and you're more responsible. That's good. That's good. Okay. So another thing is if you don't already have active credit cards, then open a secured credit card to establish new credit. This is something that we covered a little bit already Mm -hmm. when we were talking about establishing new credit or establishing credit at all. This same thing can help you restore your credit as well. Like if Mm. that's not just for people who have no credit. That's for people who have bad credit too. So for example, uh, let's just say you got a whole bunch of collection accounts and pretty much you just been paying them off, but your credit score is slowly increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to establish that you can handle credit responsibly. Getting a secure credit card initially is a great help the same way it is to someone who is establishing new credit as well. It really helps you to be transparent with you. That's what we did. Like yeah. that was what we did. Our credit was horrible. Uh, I believe our lowest score that I've ever seen that we had either one of us have was 425, 430, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really bad. It was really, hard out there. It was really bad. <laughs> um, we've increased by hundreds and hundreds of points, and I'm really grateful for that. And a major part of that was getting a secure credit card in a low amount, nothing high, uh, $200, $300, and showing that we are responsible with our money and we're responsible with paying our bills. When we did that, 
it, it allowed for us to get other credit cards and continue to increase our credit score. That's good. That's good. Okay. So now let's talk about, uh, use using credit as an asset instead of a liability. This is huge because for years, when people think about credit cards, the first thing they think about is going shopping or buying material, going on vacation and stuff like that. And I'm not here to knock anybody who uses credit cards for that. But the point is, is that you really should use that credit to make money instead of it being a liability. It should be an asset. You should be buying things that actually make you money or doing things that are going to help you make money in the long run. Right. That's good. But even like, like you said, using it as an asset, um, I, I know that sometimes you get points and different things from, from using them. And so like, even if you go on vacation or something like that, then the stuff that comes, the points or whatever that particular credit card, uh, uh, gives as a bonus for for using that credit. Absolutely, it works yeah. to your advantage. Absolutely, but there's an even. And you're absolutely right, but there's an even better way to do that. So what you said was is to use the credit card when you go on vacation to get points, right? There's a better way to do it. Instead, buy your groceries with that credit card, earn the points so that you go on a free vacation. Come on, right? That's the way to do it. <laughs> you know, so you basically. You're, you're doing what you're going to do anyway. You're going right. to pay your rent. You're going to buy groceries. You're going to mm-hmm. pay for your car bill. You're going to uh, pay for your oil change. You're going to do these things already. You use that card to gain points, to get the rewards, to go on the free vacation or to get cash back. There's great cash back programs. I love, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited about, you know, a lot of things are changing right now, especially with COVID going on uh, with the airlines and everything, yeah. but they're going to be reintroducing new programs because eventually they're going to need people to get back out there and travel yeah. when things begin to clear up. And so there's going to be some great programs that are going to be introduced. But the name of the game is, is that you do what you were going to do anyway so that you could get free stuff, free vacations, free cruises, free things and, and different and free perks and free travel and stuff like that. And you're not spending any additional money. You're just using, instead of using your debit card, you're using your credit card uh, to get the points. I mean, to, to purchase so that you get points and then you pay it off with your debit card or your checking account, you pay the bill off. So that's, that's the way to leverage. That's one way to leverage it. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. So another way is to invest in the growth of your business. Yeah. So if you're going to remember, we talked about using it um, to purchase assets instead of liabilities. Mm -hmm. Right. A major part of one way to do it, should I say, is investing in your business so that your business can make more money. There are things that um, your business could gain by making certain purchases to make your business more efficient and more effective and more productive. Well, use the credit for that instead of using it to buy a new coat Mm -hmm. or a new, you know, something like a car is a liability, you know, unless you're buying a truck for your business. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, like make sure that whatever you're buying is going to make you money. Don't use credit um, as a way for your pleasure. Like, don't don't do it in that way, because when you do that, then you actually don't have a way to recoup what you actually put out there. So when you use credit, you want to, you want to make sure that you're using it to make you money and not using it uh, uh, to create an expense Mm -hmm. that you're going to have to pay back. You know, uh, you don't have the money for. So one of our favorite ways, and I'm so excited about our new journey in this, this is going to be another podcast episode in and of itself. (laughs) So I don't want to get too far into it, but it's using your credit to be able to uh, purchase real estate. 
um, yeah. and, and, and really distressed properties that other people don't want, uh, where you have a property that costs $30,000 and you grab it with your credit and then you sell the property for $60,000 after you've, um, you know, you've taken care of some expenses and some other, Renovated um, it. renovations and things like that, you know? So, uh, well, you know, let's, let's sell it for, uh, 85,000 know, cause we <laughs> make really, it really nice. make it really nice. You know what I'm saying? Cause we got to, you know, you know, you know, you understand <laughs> <laughs> but basically you get the point of this particular point is that you want to use your credit and you want to use any credit that you have the privilege of having. You want to use that to make more money, yes. uh, not as liabilities. That sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. Here's another way. Earn cash back and rewards by using your credit cards to buy things <laughs> that you are already going to buy. You already said that. You talked about that because I brought it up out of order. Right. It's okay. It's all right. I just flow with you. It's all good. <laughs> That's okay. Funny. So let's talk about this. Um, how about co-signing? It's do not co-sign for anyone unless you are establishing a partnership to make more money. Right. So do not co-sign. Do not co-sign. Do not co-sign. I'll say it again. Do not co-sign. We've made the mistake of co-signing on several occasions. And you should never co-sign because you're taking responsibility for someone before the situation has even played out. You're saying if things, if everything goes wrong, you're telling the business, you're telling the bank, you're telling the, uh, the person who, uh, gave the money that you're going to be responsible for paying it back, not the other person. And co-signing is horrible because even if you love the person, you don't know what's going to happen in their life. You don't know if they're going to lose a job. You don't know if they're going to, you know, all of a sudden stop liking you, (laughs) you know, And, and you don't know if they're going to come up short in some areas. Some of it could be their fault. Some of it could be things that are out of their control. But the point is, is that you can't guarantee something for someone when you don't even know what's going to happen. And so it's really important that you don't co-sign. And again, I put the caveat in there. I said, don't co-sign unless you're going into a partnership where you are looking to make money. So a lot of times when you're going into an investment and let's say you establish an LLC for a real estate property and you're basically, in so many words, you're going into it together. You're signing together. That's different because the goal is to make money and you're responsible together. But when you co-sign, what you're saying is, I'm the primary and if this person defaults, then I'm going to take the responsibility to pay it all. And it's a horrible thing. You don't want to do it. It will mess up your credit. It will jack you up because they do not care if it really wasn't you that did it. They just know that you signed the dotted line as a co-signer and they want their money. Right. So I hope that's clear. If it wasn't clear, let me say it again. Do not co-sign. All right. Keep learning because the credit game is always evolving. Oh, I can't say this enough because after this podcast is over, there's going to be some changes that are made even in in the credit (laughs) game. Honestly, you want to keep your foundation and what you know about credit and finances. And that is uh, don't live above your means. Don't spend more than you have. Be a consistent saver and use credit as uh, to purchase assets instead of liabilities and pay your bills on time. If you do that, everything is going to be all right. Even when the credit game begins to change, just doing the right thing is going to put you in a good situation, even as the game is changing. With that being said, keep learning, keep growing, 
keep investigating so that you can keep gaining financial intelligence. That's good. Okay. Don't think that your hole is too deep. Don't stop and don't let a discouraging moment stop you. This is really important to me because I ran into that a few times when I was working on our credit Mm -hmm. where we had a setback or something happened. And I almost felt like just saying, you know what? I don't even want to deal with this anymore. It don't even doesn't even matter. You know, it got a little discouraging at times and I had to pick myself up and go, no, I've worked too hard and it's going to it's going to be okay." And so you got to just keep going. Remember, you took time to dig this hole. So it may take some time to get out of the hole. You may get a miracle, which would be great, but you may not. So you got to remember, it's going to take some time to really dig out of this hole, but you can do it. Like your hole is not too deep. You can do it. We did it. Our hole was real deep. Like I said, 420, 430 credit score. Absolutely horrible. Uh, and our credit is good now and I'm really excited about it and our credit is getting better daily Um, and I'm so grateful for it and so I just want to encourage anybody who's listening don't feel like your bills are too much don't feel like it's too much because it's possible to turn things around you can do it yes yes well let's pray for the listeners let's pray for them um, regarding yes. their financial acumen, yeah. you know, um, that they may know how to uh, pursue just establishing or restoring their credit, that they can operate with the wisdom um, that was just given um, and the tips that were just shared to them. Um, would you like to, to, to say that prayer for us? Absolutely. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much just for this episode and thank you for everyone who's listening today. I pray, Father, for every listener who may listen to this uh, when the episode is first published and also pray for those who may listen to this episode 10 years from now. I pray, Father, that it would produce fruit in their life and that they would be encouraged by everything that they've learned. Mm -hmm. Lord, I also pray that you would cause for them to remember some of the principles that have been shared today and that they would not just hear it and get excited, but that they would apply it to their lives. Lord, I, I pray that this episode was an answer to someone's prayer who's been wondering what to do with their credit and what to do with their finances. I hope that it was an encouragement and an inspiration to them and causes them to take action. Most of all, Lord, I pray that we would always remember uh, to give you glory and honor with our finances and to be good managers, to be good stewards over the finances that you've given us and what you bless us with. Bless us indeed. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 I know somebody is blessed. I know that somebody just, you know, some people have heard this uh, podcast today and are deciding to just take their financial future to take their uh, credit score in their hands, you know, and just really uh, do what they need to do to make it better so that they can reap all of the advantages from having a good credit score. They can do it. And, you know, we're just witnesses. Like, it can be done. Yes, yes. And listen, for those of you who, uh, you know, during this episode, like, there were a thousand questions that popped in your mind and you wanted to ask them. Because we're not live on the podcast, you couldn't ask us right now. Uh, But we want to make sure we give you a platform to ask those questions. So if you have any questions about credit scores, about credit or anything like that, you can actually reach out to us by sending us an email at wearethecoffees at gmail.com. Or you can send us a direct message on any of our social media platforms 
at We Are The Coffee. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever a social media platform you're on, you can send us a direct message directly there at We Are The Coffee. So there you go. This is <laughs> awesome. This has been an amazing yeah. show. It's been so good. I need you guys to do two things for us. Number one is subscribe to this podcast and give us a great rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, 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 <laughs> subscribe, subscribe, That's and right. give us a great rating. And then the next thing is to visit We are the coffees.com that is we are the coffees with an s dot com we're the coffees <laughs> oh my goodness this has been awesome we're out of here y'all see ya